0: And Welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Tracy Roberts.
1: And me, Benice Castling.
0: How excited! Go Power! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing?
1: I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah,
0: very good, apart from this miserable weather. What's happened to summer, everyone? <laughs>
1: July's been the wettest July ever. I think it's like flooding
0: outside. It's just <laughs> it's, it's not acceptable for our attire either. We can't we can't decide what to wear every day. It's not appropriate, <laughs> is it? So really glad to be back in the podcast room with B. Um, we are trying to get through as many podcasts this week as possible, aren't we? Because yes. we know that we've had a busy period with the, the retreat. And we've got so many subjects brimming, just ready to discuss, um, so we decided that we'd focus on stuff that's come up regularly in the
1: last couple of months. Yeah, and things that um, sometimes a lot of people ask, whether it be kind of in, in one-to-ones or workshops yeah. and sessions as well, it comes up quite a lot.
0: Yeah, and some assumptions. And, mm. Yeah, so today what we decided to talk about was, well, our subject header is, what's the beef? with the feedback sandwich, because we do have beef with it, don't
1: we? We do have beef with it, yeah. (laughs) We do.
0: So we're going to use a lot of sandwich and food analogies to hopefully help you understand what we mean by some of this stuff. But why it came up was, because I think all of us agreed as consultants that weekly, when we're talking about feedback, communication, and all those things, this often gets thrown at us in the room, doesn't it? You know, when we ask people, how would you deal with a certain situation, they'll, especially if you're quite new to leadership, it's an assumption that this um, proverbial, uh, mm-hmm. poo sandwich, yeah, sh- as we call it, sandwich. <laughs> is, is the best way to deal with the situation. And, um, actually, you know, it's not really the correct way to do it, but what we're going to look at is pros and cons today. Yeah. An alternative view of this as well, but then we're going to actually look at, you know, why it plays out the way it does. Um, what are the, the pitfalls of, of your journey towards giving that feedback as well? Um, And I guess really as well, how we see the world and how it lands differently with different people Mm. and how we can consider that. Because I think that's probably the first problem, isn't it? Yeah. Soon as you say to someone, I have feedback for you, what happens?
1: For me, I think it depends on who's saying it
0: oh, okay. um, as
1: well because I think that has a, an impact as in regards to who it comes from because for example if um, if you every time you give me a piece of feedback and it's it's only criticism yeah. then that sets the expectation that every single time you say oh can I give you some feedback oh yeah. right, okay let me prepare myself
0: and that's what you do isn't it, you yeah. literally prepare yourself and some people overthink it and overthink it and overthink yes. it don't they
1: and I think for not everyone but for the majority, if people hear that word, that sentence, can I give you some feedback, a lot of people see it as it's going to be something negative. Mm, definitely
0: and it's, the very question is I am, I am asking you whether it's appropriate for me to speak to you right now about something yeah. <laughs> and it's like I'm I'm openly asking you is it the right time should I say you know and in some situations really that's not really applicable we should really just have an open and honest conversation yeah
1: because also as well that question that people say it all the time can I give you some feedback mm. the likelihood is I mean if, if you were to say that to me Tracy would I say no no, you wouldn't. No, you can't give me any feedback. You, you, can, see a, <laughs> you
0: can see a shift in people's body language sometimes, yes. can't you? Yeah. Um, and I think we were, we were chatting earlier about that expectation of, you know, if someone says, um, could you pop up to my office and, you know, I want to
1: talk to you about something you or yeah, shall, we, shall we sneak? What did you call the room at somewhere that you yes. worked before? So somewhere I worked um, quite a few years ago. So um, that office had been used for a number of years. Um, over 10 years, I think. And there was one particular room, historically, I don't know where the name came from, but it was called the War Room. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and it even had the sign above it, but because it was quite quite a high sign, it was just never got removed or taken down. Oh. Um, but because it was a really open plan office, whenever um, a manager wanted to give any like one-to-one feedback, it would be a case of, oh, well, where should we go? Well, there's, we're limited. Oh, like, we'll just pop into the War Room. So oh straight away, and then that poor person would then have to walk through, all the way through this the front office, to go into the war wall, wall room, which was really boxed little yeah. room as well. So you just felt really like, I suppose it's like, inhibited. Yeah. yeah, and a bit claustrophobic in there. So, oh, I've just got some feedback for you. Let's just go for a walk into the war room. Oh my goodness! Was Straight it was it covered day. in
0: Kevlar and there was like it was... bars on the windows? Because <laughs> it sounds like that, doesn't it? Yeah, oh it was my just god! A really, I mean, let's be honest. Like we can create war rooms at our own organizations without even knowing about it, can't we? Because mm. I was talking to um, an organization a few weeks ago that's all open plan, and they had the kind of opposite effect going on because everything was so open and there was radical transparency. What they were finding was initially it was great because the interaction was great and people would just go off into little pods if you like and have conversations but what they did realize was by not having that closed space where they can go and have a conversation you know Mm. in quiet what that what it created was even when they did go off to a pod it was more visual and actually people were more aware that there was a heated conversation going on over there so it made me look at it in a different way because i thought yeah i mean you've got to provide that safe space We, we call it our terror quotient sometimes like somebody's brain straight away is going to go, are you with me or are you against me? Do I know what's about to happen to me? Um, You know, do I have any autonomy within this conversation? And actually, am I going to be on board with this or not? And that terror quoting really does make a very quick decision in your brain on your way to that conversation, how you're going to
1: act. Yes. So
0: we talk about the chimp straight away if your terror is really low, you're and you don't know what's going to happen and you don't think that it's, you know, right, what's going to be said to you and the environment's scary and you have to walk past all your colleagues yeah. and all those things, when you walk in there straight away, you are not in a place to receive feedback, whatever right. way you look at it. And and this is the thing, <laughs> people avoid it. And I always say this because we I use a slide and it's called the criticism crime scene. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I think that's why some people avoid giving on the spot feedback because they say, oh God, like the amount of times I've got it wrong. Yeah. Like, and I have got that wrong over the years because I, I think we're pretty similarly wired actually. Like I like to, I'll, I'll never be, uh, purposely direct to hurt someone's feelings because I can very quickly take the personal side out of it and look at the situation. But there has been times where maybe, you know, with my eight kicking in, I, um, I maybe could have let it just fizz a minute and then, then yes. maybe gone five minutes later to give the feedback. Yeah. Um, people always say to me, they appreciate I'm honest, but sometimes I'm very quick to give the feedback yeah. and I need to just park it a bit. But part of that criticism crime scene comes from things that you've maybe done in the past. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? So like yeah. when you've given feedback And you think, oh, maybe that didn't land quite as well. Have you ever given feedback before and gone, oh?
1: Yeah, and I think for me, um, my challenge in the past was sometimes not thinking about how or not taking the time to plan and prepare it, um, especially in regards to how that might land with that other person. True, So, for example, I can think of um, someone who um, was definitely really, really, really kind and really, really amiable and very much would take thing really take everything to heart Mm. so actually what i should have done that's not my natural communication style i'm not wired that way so i should have really focused on actually on how that person is going to receive that information Mm. um, and change almost kind of change to adapt them yeah rather than just go into it in my own, own natural kind That's of way. That's a really good
0: point, because good feedback's only measured in the person's ear, right, isn't yeah. it? So if you so if you think but I guess the other side to that is is that you as long as you're aware of your natural style, I think sometimes, particularly as leaders, Say we look at that situation that you were talking about there. I think that's why leaders is quite scared sometimes, don't you? Because then if you think that that person's doubly sensitive, yeah. then you will probably go into one of our grids that we're going to talk about in a, in a little while um, that we call ruinous empathy, where actually you won't say anything or you mm-hmm. won't give feedback or you might even go into, you know, manipulative insincerity where you know behind that person's back to another manager or something you're you're making comments and none of that is going to provide growth for that person so I mean the thing that that we always focus on here is being kind not nice and I think we need to land on that a little bit today don't we because I think, as a leader, if we overthink that just because that person's super sensitive and then we don't give any feedback or we avoid it or we soften it too much with the proverbial sandwich, mm. which we're going to go back into in a minute, then you know we're we've there's considerations there, but it's not necessarily going to get us what we want. Yeah. what we need to uh, establish is that we need to show we care. But we also need to give direct feedback and we need to take the personality out of the situation, which sounds a bit weird because you've got to take it into consideration in the way that you deliver, but you've got to take it out of the situation. Yeah. You know, because the reality is if we're giving feedback, we're doing it for two reasons. We're doing it to tell someone they've done something really great and actually tell them to keep doing that or to level up. Yeah. Or we're giving them feedback because there's something that maybe hasn't quite hit the mark and actually we need to make a change. And we've got to look at it both ways. It's for both reasons. Yeah um so how can we do that and have conversations that matter because for me i think so how many how many people do you think you would come across in a week that would would mention the 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 beef sandwich we're going to call it because we've got beef with it right
1: i think it yeah i think it's definitely one that comes up with some of the sessions that we um Mm. that that we run and it is one that gets everyone knows about the sh sandwich yeah um but yeah and I think it's something that's been it's been used for quite some time mm. as well so a lot of people some people have probably even been on training sessions and in the past and that they've been yeah. told to use it because that's the best I think way you're right. I've had debates with friends as well um, about <laughs> it as well the of time, on a night out yeah <laughs> night night, let me tell you one. I don't like your dress oh, no I disagree I like your hair
0: I don't like your dress but your shoes are lovely <laughs> yeah. yeah I
1: like that <laughs> <laughs> so if we take it back a step then Tracy and think about all well, um where does it come from how long has it been around and actually why do people use
0: it well actually in the studies that I looked at this morning it actually originated in the 1940s believe it or not Mm -hmm. but it was more popularized in the 80s and 90s and actually mentioned someone called Mary Kay Ash who was the founder of Mary Kay Cosmetics and she kind of used it within her people management strategy and I think that as a consequence of that it sort of did the rounds um, and yeah, I think it was probably put into a lot of management programs. Um, I can certainly remember it not being called that, but you know, that's no. how it was layered in. <laughs> um, and, and actually, if you're honest with yourself, you type that into Google now, it will come up with um, infographs yeah, yeah. <laughs> of a sandwich, you know, so th- it's a methodology, but I think as we've got, I don't know, more into psychology in business and we started to understand humans better, mm. I think, you know it's it's widely recognized now that you're not always going to get what you want because some people only hear the praise because that's how they're wired and some people only hear the negativity and so it depends on how thick you want the bread because what i've written down here is everyone's got a different sandwich preference like so some of us like a whole heap of bread you know yeah. a big chunky piece of bread either side and we're we're minimalists in the middle some of us like loads of condiments
1: <laughs> yeah I like, I like my sauce i like my flavor
0: exactly and i'm like no i'm a purist don't put anything there i didn't expect because this is the thing about feedback is our ratios all are all going to feel different so if we're going to like you know, put it into mathematical terms, you know, think of going to, I'm going to say Subway, but there are other sandwich uh, shops available. <laughs> but when you, things. yeah, but when you go along, you know, you pick your bread, you pick, you know, and and some of us are quite indescript with it. We go, yeah, we'll have one of those. In fact, I think their, their latest advert kind of advertises that, doesn't it? Mm. Like just being a little bit, for me, I'm very precise. I like, you know, and I like to be able to tell what's going to go on. And that's the analogy of a perfect conversation to me is like, I know what's kind of uh, gonna pan out in that I understand that there's things in there that we need to focus on and I, but I'm very very distinct with what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing if that makes sense mm-hmm. whereas for other people like they're totally happy with going in there and saying chuck it all in there yeah. you know and they'll take the bits out that they think are relevant to them that can be good or bad so um you know that then becomes the sloppy joe or if you're a friend's uh a, fat, yeah. a a moist maker, oh, a moist
1: maker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, and and sometimes that can lead to good intentions going bad because people are not necessarily focusing on the right thing in the moment. And there are there are those of us that are eternally optimistic people, and mm. and I've certainly coached people like this. Actually, I've been quite surprised by how they've reacted to, I guess, my variation of that sandwich over the years because I have been the overthinker as a leader, and that's a, that's an interesting point because. For feedback, I've definitely had at least one or two sleepless nights in my career thinking about how I'm going to do that. I don't know mm. about you.
1: With certain people, yeah, I think thinking about it.
0: So if we think about that in the sense of you know the anxiety it builds up for a leader as well, yeah, because you're because you are overanalyzing in a way to make sure it yeah. lands right, you know. Um, you are overthinking your language a lot. You're overthinking the context that you're going to kind of land the questioning in. You're you're maybe even, and I'm just going to put this out there, scrapping around for the good bits.
1: I was just about to say that, yeah. I think that's something that probably a lot of people can relate to. So anyone mm-hmm. listening right now, I definitely kind of challenge you have a think about: Have you been in that situation oh my God. where you know you've got to give some have quite a critical conversation with someone? Yeah. There's there's a change or something needs to yeah. needs to happen. But because you have the, the the need, you feel as though you have to chuck yeah. something positive in the mix. But it might be that you're really struggling to find something. But you end up trying to kind of um, scrape the barrel, trying to find something, and then you deliver it. And it's almost just, it's your sloppy joe. It's just really messy. Yeah.
0: And you you were saying to that you because you're a feeler like me as well you know when that doesn't feel right it's not it's a bit disingenuous it's not really thought through when you're getting high five feedback as I call it like good job it's like (laughs) really yeah like you know and actually that makes me focus on the negative even
1: more same for me if someone does a um feedback sandwich um to me I always feel as though that little kind of like the, the positive, the nice stuff, mm. you're just trying to soften the blow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it makes me just, it has a big impact on, I think, trust for me. Um, yeah, huge. Yeah, huge. And also as well, yeah, it will be a case of, I'll just ignore the positives and I'll mm. just focus on the negative. Mm.
0: So it has the kind of adverse effect and I'm just thinking of the build up for the leader thinking, you know, really overanalyzing the situation. And most of the time, I think as leaders, we're going in on the personal side of it. So just as you said earlier, that one person, really sensitive, you know, lovely human being, but you know that they take everything really personally. Mm. And actually what we need to do is take that out of the equation slightly and think about, okay, we have to think about the delivery, of course, because we don't want to, you know, cause ruptures or make someone feel uncomfortable. But we have to then think, what is the context behind the conversation what is it i'm trying to achieve by giving this feedback and what's your
1: intention as well
0: yeah and i think that's that that's you know a really big thing and one of the things that falls into um one of the models that we'll talk about which we've mentioned before which is radical candor is the core or the corn you know so context behind mm-hmm. the situation and what's the specific situation you know what's happened observation you know what is um What's been said and done, you know, what's, what's, what's happened, happened, what's happened, the results, Um. you know, what is the meaningful consequence that was observed and felt at that time. And then I put next expectations because it's actually next steps and expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, so next steps, what needs to happen or what could happen to make that situation better? Nowhere in there does it say you're a good or a bad human. or I don't like your hair, or um, I think you're a crier, or I think you're going to get angry. What it says is that, you know... This happened. This happened, and I think that actually, with the best will in the world, I think that maybe you didn't even realise X, Y, Z, or that this could have been avoided. So we'll talk about actually radical candour in a minute and how that lines up with that. Because for me, it was like, you know, when you read different models over the years and you think, that's really interesting, that's really interesting. Radical candour really made me stop and think because I thought... Christ, I can think of all the times in my career where I've been full of ruinous empathy. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in environments where manipulative insincerity is the standard thing. Nobody says what they want to say, but there's an undertone of passive aggression. (laughs) I've also been there when there's, um, you know, obnoxious aggression where people are shooting from the hip every single day not necessarily coming from the good place. No. So they're, they're challenging directly, but there's no care personally in there. Um, and of course I have been environments where radical candor is is definitely the biggest, you know, I'm not gonna say everyone's gonna get it right all the time, but I'd like to think we do that well here, you yeah. know, and, and I certainly have worked within organizations where there's pockets of really good work going on like this. And I think what's interesting about this is to achieve great feedback and outcomes, we've got to take the personalization bit out, but add the elements that we understand of the human in, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely. But we've also got to build credits.
1: Yeah. Well, I think just going back to your point around kind of like you need to take emotions and feelings from your perspective out. And this is where sometimes people really struggle with feedback because often, not always, but with some people, they, they've got into the habit of when they approach feedback, they do it from their perspective and it's a case of, oh, um, I feel that, or I think... Yeah. And um, I
0: feel's a strong tone, isn't is, it? It is, and
1: it's one that yeah. a lot of people sometimes get into the trap. Um, and especially, it's I feel that you, X, Y, and Ooh, Z, straight double away, whammy. threat yeah. state. Um, people feel as though um, they're they're kind of vulnerable, they're being threatened. Whereas actually what we need to do so linking back to like the 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 corn um analogy so what is the specific situation what is the situation that happened but also as well we need to show that we care personally so it's isn't us saying i feel like you Hmm. xyz it's a case of i'm here to help support you yeah Um, let's have a conversation about xyz um and let's explore what what the impact was there rather than saying i think
0: Because we internalize it. And then as soon as you hear the words feel, which basically I use that all the time because I've got two in my profile. I'm sure you do with the seven. Like sometimes you do naturally go to your place of like how that made you feel and of course you're then thinking how it makes them feel so then you've got that double anxiety of like how I'm gonna land this but you're absolutely right it's almost like depersonalizing on one side and personalizing on the other it's like the delivery has to feel like you care and personal but the other elements need to be different and you can actually swing that on its head so if you think of a situation where I don't know let's talk about something you were doing so I observe you uh, taking a, a really great cohort right and And I think, right, I'm going to, there's a couple of things we could tweak there for sure. I know you like the feedback, by the way, but Mm. not everyone does. But also there was some amazing stuff that went on in there. You know, that's not a sandwich. That's us having a conversation about maybe two elements of that. It's me saying to you, do you know what? I really, I know you put so much work into that cohort. What I loved Mm. was... Uh, When I observed you doing that with that particular table over there, you had quite a few skeptics in the beginning and I really loved the way you engaged them dead early and the way you did that was by doing this and I thought that was genius because actually you'd really thought through beforehand like all the print profiles of that particular table and you were very genuine in how you approached that. You drew them into the room and what happened as a consequence of that was everyone else in the room felt that energy and were not focused on the skeptics table anymore. They actually saw things differently. What was great about that was you really, really got them on board very early. And I just thought that was really amazing work. And I know you care about it. So I just wanted to let you know. Now that's praise with radical candor in there, giving you pointers of what you did. And you go, oh, I can take that and pull that apart. But of course, then we can look at that differently and go, you know, what could we do different next time? What, How could we mix that up? Well, potentially, um, one of the considerations I had based on that was if we'd had, I don't know, the information earlier, could we have split the skeptics up a little bit yeah. and put them into different tables? Because we might have got a different dynamic then. What do you think? And then you were like, ah, okay. So it's not a criticism, Ooh. it's an observation. Mm-hmm. It's actually something that's going to help the situation. And what I can see here is that she's trying to offer me that that might not always work. Yeah. You know, having that one you know, table that is, is, is questioning things all the time can sometimes be quite disruptive in an L and D environment, um, but you controlled it beautifully. But if that had changed at any point, what could we do to consider in the future? You know, would we, would we break them up slightly differently? You're learning, I'm learning, and we're both, it's a meeting of minds. It's, it's not.
1: Collaboration then. Yeah. I love what you, just that small little kind of question. What do you think? Mm. This is what I observed from that situation. What do you think to that? What are your yeah. thoughts on that? How does that feel for you? Yeah. Um, rather than just telling someone, I think next time you should do this. Yeah.
0: And I think we all fall victim to that sometimes because especially if you're someone with a lot of of knowledge, you tell or you save, you know. um, But what we've got to, or you control is the three advice monsters that we always talk about. And that's the other thing we've got to think is that our advice is only useful to us. You know, sometimes, don't get me wrong, you're not going to ignore everyone when they ask for advice sometimes, but sometimes you've got to remember that your brain gets a kick out of giving advice. That's how it works. So mm. therefore when you go in to give feedback, naturally if you're not conscious, actually you're one of those advice monsters is going to kick in. Yeah. And sometimes that's what makes that that sandwich not feel balanced. I mean, sometimes you go in with the intention of doing the sandwich, you end up with an open sandwich. You know, sometimes you go in there with the intention of doing the perfect, you know, moist maker <laughs> and what happens is there's no bloody bread. Yeah. <laughs> because the, I, I wrote this thing. The biggest problem with communication is assuming it happened. So you'll go in there with all this stuff in your head as a leader that you want to get out. And because you've overthought it so much and tried to do the positive, negative, positive, you almost, it becomes jumbled. Yeah. It becomes, you know, indescript. There's flavors in there that people don't understand. They don't know what to do with it afterwards. They, they won't be able to remake that sandwich. You know, they won't be able to, you know, learn from it and... One of the things I wrote down here was, you know, are we having an a la carte conversation? You know, yeah, oh a la carte. Um, if we go to a nice restaurant, yeah, and which we love doing, don't we? Yeah, and we sit down. If we think of the retreat, and every time when we sat down at night, we was having one of those gorgeous meals we had, Mm. very very distinguished, um, you know, absolutely honest, authentic food. Yeah. Um, and you were like, right, I know exactly what I'm getting here, and it's memorable. Yeah, it's memorable all you the know flavors just fit yeah perfect together. um and then so you think is it that when you're having a conversation or is it a stew like where you go <laughs> in and you know some of it's really good you know when you go into a stew and like you pick the bit of veg out that you don't actually like you know and you get it in your mouth yeah, like, yeah. or when you eat revels and you get the coffee one that no one likes
1: Oh
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but point point one. being it's like it's a little bit of a shock it's not not relaxed. I'd like to think of like if we're going to get feedback right. We're going to keep this food analogy because we love eating, obviously. We um, can we try tapas?
1: Oh, okay. Tell <laughs> about
0: tapas. tapas is you know small and often, yeah, tasty, authentic, and real. Like yes. you know you, you can pick tapas moments during the day with your team. You know, like and that's good and bad. Mm-hmm. So if you for going back to our point of credits, like. Um, it's really great that you can be honest that sometimes it depends on who's giving the feedback to you because I can be quite similar. And when I look at my spectrum of growth, you know, there's lots of different elements in that because it's not a fixed in growth, it's it's a spectrum. Yes. And one of the things in the middle is asking for help and where you are one to five. And I was about three, I think, because I'm a bit of a doer myself. Yeah. You're probably quite similar. Yeah. And then the other bit was feedback. And I was really stuck on that one because I said, I love feedback because I go solicit it from people. I go and ask. So I might say to one of you guys, what could I do better for you in that project or you know now we've finished that particular cohort what would have helped you know um how did I do for you then you know I'm quite comfortable when I got and asked those questions but to build the credits up to get the confidence we have to have that trust there don't we
1: definitely
0: so we've got to do that in a a number of different ways one is that natural connection building in, in an organization which isn't all about feedback it's about a lot of other variables but one thing there is that am I open to feedback? Do I ask for feedback? The other thing is, is when I give praise, do I give genuine praise Mm. or do I, you know, like forward an email and go, you know, great job. Or do I actually say to you as an individual, what I liked about it? Do I use that context observation results expectation, expectation, sorry, as a, a way to, to really give you like a really great high five, but a high five with meaning. If I get enough of that in there, then and it's genuine then you are more open to me giving you feedback on because I sort of agree with like some people say unless someone's had my experience I'm not going to listen to them I think there's a bit of that
1: sometimes yeah it needs to be credible um but sometimes
0: you can coach someone with having no experience because you're coming at it from a different Different angle angle,
1: definitely so
0: but I'm with you I think I've got to I've got to trust the person yeah credibility reliability reports what they say isn't it
1: and I think going back to the credits so um, kind of a theory that I've always kind of worked with is I um, think of it as a, as a bank of goodwill oh I like that so you almost need to kind of um, you need to kind of get the credits in the bank first um, yeah. because that's where we can actually start to build that credibility build that trust as well and um, we're able to I think as well show that we do care personally linking back to radical um, yeah. candor as well we show that we care um, and sometimes as well people don't expect it so it makes them feel good if we're able to it's a really big point. Positive yeah. praise, and I think when it's really important to be conscious of when that happens as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, catch people in the moment. If you catch people doing it right, tell them because so mm. often we don't. Oh no. And also as well, if you can do praise kind of publicly as well, that definitely um, has an yeah. impact um, as well. I but agree. you need to get your credits in the bank first.
0: Um, before and you can, you can draw start. from it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's like a, it's exactly like a bank balance, isn't it? It's like your credits will go right up, and you'll be, you know, massively in the black. Uh, and sometimes, let's be honest, during times of change and difficult situations at work, you know, particularly as leaders, you know, it's not always our fault, but those credits drop a little because our attention's dropped. Um, but here's the thing: if you've built the credit, I know it sounds really strange, this, but if you've built heaps of credit up, I also think it increases your overdraft. So I was, yes, um, I was asking people last week saying, you know, if you've got, have you ever worked for a leader or do you work with a leader now that you would literally run through a wall for like you know so they'll come and ask you something that you sometimes think is completely ridiculous or undoable or it's going to take all your time and you go i'm going to do it anyway and that for me is an overdraft that's you know there's been a lot going on in a in a a period um you know we've got businesses to work with now we're going through sales periods and you know changing their ways massively Mm. and people will still dip into that overdraft because they know they they've got that level of trust rapport with people that actually the credits will be built back up very very quickly and they'll probably get interest on it that's the way I see it so so I think you're absolutely right and I think what it what it kind of brings me back to is that I just don't see how this can work you know in terms of the sandwich because if we're going to keep that relationship equal then we've got to make sure that we're both coming at things from the same angle and if we're spending a sleepless night worrying about giving let's say negative feedback or trying to work on that sandwich but in the moment we're giving instantaneous praise, that, that tells me there's an imbalance because for me, I want to think through how I make you feel sometimes mm. or in the moment, I want to take a moment to think, how can I really use this piece of information to make this person feel good about themselves? Cause this is the thing. Here's the selfish bit guys. If you give praise, it makes you feel good as well, Yeah. but you've got to do it right. Yes. Um, so like, I mean, the pros to doing, a uh, a proverbial sandwich okay <laughs> you think it softens the blow right yeah but is it not just a beautiful
1: lie a oh, beautiful lie yeah
0: yeah i think i think
1: that's a question
0: you need to ask yourself because then what happens is if we're overthinking that that with the beautiful lie are we just adding conversation stuffers in there. So is it genuinely genuinely praise or are you just finding stuff like we said Scraping to kind of buffer? Barrel. So mm. you're you're stuffing it full of iceberg lettuce. When you get really disappointed you get a really big sandwich. Oh, yeah. And then it's just all lettuce. It's all
1: lettuce. And it's like no sauce, but like one tiny pathetic little slice of burnt meat,
0: <laughs> and we always need double cheese in there. We know that, <laughs> but then then that has calories. But the calories equal confusion if we're going to use that analogy, because there's too much going on that, and actually you're overthinking. It's like you know when you're trying to make someone feel better about themselves, and then the more upset they get, you, you more you try and comfort them, and sometimes we get it really really wrong. Yeah. Same situation. It's yeah. like we're 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 clouding judgment. We're not coming up with solutions. The other thing I have put down here was like you think it's easier for that person to hear I would disagree with that I think that most people would prefer honesty Definitely. but with a more with a dignified approach yeah because if you don't know so if we go to the opposite side of the radical candor grid we've got ruinous empathy which is when we don't say anything and um we it's because we're worried about how they feel yes. essentially um, and then we've got manipulative insincerity which is when we don't say anything but we probably do know we're even being a little bit cheeky about it actually we're probably talking behind people's backs Mm -hmm. starting global whinging groups on whatsapp you know tarnishing their you know their reputation um, waiting for them to fall you know that's there's a little bit of frustration in there I think that if you think of it from that perspective that person's never gonna know so if even if you're coming across it from the nice perspective rudest empathy that person does not know what they've done wrong or right it's not fair to them yeah no
1: change will happen
0: no Absolutely not. And then the manipulative insincerity is you go around actually sometimes onboarding team members. Like you, you give people, so I can think of situations where I've got into a new workplace and the opinion of that person there is on me within a week. Yes. And I'm thinking, well, I am very much, I will make my own opinion type person. But I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I have looked at them slightly differently and thought, you know. But does that person know that, like, you know? And I've worked with people for years who people have a joke about them all the time. Like, oh, yeah. well, you wouldn't say that to this person because they'll just do this or they never do this right. And you think, is that fair? You know, I've had people that have lost their jobs, mm. and I can outrightly tell you that people that worked alongside them lived in those two parts of the, the grid, and, and and that isn't fair. No. Okay. Obnoxious aggression. Let's let's just go there. Easier to hear. Sometimes it is because it's short and sweet. I'm not going to say it's the right thing to do, but would most people rather, you know, deal with the situation head on as long as it's honest? I'd probably rather have that than not know, if that makes sense. Yeah. But that's my makeup. But that, that just proves it's not easier to hear sometimes. And then the last one, the pros, is you think, oh, I've ended on a positive.
1: <laughs> right
0: End i've ended on a high um, <laughs> so smiles. you you haven't no. um for a lot of people like i said they're going to go away and they'll smile and wave and then they will absolutely crumble when you're not there you know and all they'll think about is that minor mistake or that thing especially in perfectionism like you know we've got such a growing um, amount of perfectionism yes. particularly in the western world now we're putting so much pressure on ourselves that actually, you don't need to give me feedback. I'm already hard on myself, so I'm already going to go away. That I'm going to ignore all that good stuff. Yeah. And then if I am a high on narcissism, by the way, narcissism is not a bad thing in measure. <laughs> We've got to point that out. We'll probably talk about that on a future podcast. Yes. Definitely. Um. You you are always going around giving yourself high fives. You're like, hey, I'm brilliant. The bit that they said there really resonated with me. Oh my god, my ideas are amazing. Yes. You know. So are you going to get what you want? No. Okay. So the cons. It can build tension and confusion. Mm. So as we said, all that stuff going on in the middle, not the right balance of bread, whatever it might be. Um, I like this one. It doesn't. It's not culturally inclusive. Okay. Because it's very westernized. Mm. That's the way we see the world in the West. It's, it's okay for us to do that. You know, it's quite normal to start a conversation with a nice, you know, nice comment and do... And we've got to think about, you know, around the world, we, we do it differently everywhere. Some of us, it's in some countries, it's really impolite. To give feedback in a certain way. Yes. Sometimes it's even impolite to give any feedback. Yeah. Sometimes in certain uh, parts of the world, um, obnoxious aggression is the norm. <laughs> yeah, <we'll> just <laughs> talk about they it. just talk about it. Give you it know. All out. So you know it can lead to trust issues then because people don't read that feedback in the same way. And I don't think a lot of people think of it like that. And um, it can co- it can cause anxiety. So I've put down the elephant in the room. Okay, poor elephants, they get a hard time, don't they? <laughs> um, but it's true. It causes anxiety to you as a leader and them. Yes. Because you've got that build up and then actually what what it's like destruction afterwards, isn't it? Um, and it can cause bad listening habits because if we are continually doing that same pattern, people switch off to the bits they're not interested in. Yeah. So conscious listening goes out the window. Therefore, we're not picking up on the signals that are really important, like that gut instinct and the emotions behind things and the real reasons. Um, and people are not consciously engaged. So for that reason, you know, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. We've got to make sure we get this balance right. And the two things we want to focus on is caring personally, but depersonalizing, which is a bit of a weird thing to say, (laughs) and then challenging directly. And what we don't mean is in the moment, right at that second going, (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah. it's it's about right what what is the right space to have this conversation yeah. how do i do it but i'm always going to lead with the fact that i really care about the situation using yeah. the, the core or the core mm-hmm. model and instead of like softening the blow having a conversation that feels right for both of you meeting in the middle um you know does that you know are, if your intentions are good you're going to understand what this means it's you know can you have a worse effect by not saying something or actually saying it really quickly, like what what does the balance look like? Mm.
1: Um,
0: I like this as well, focusing on good stuff, gratitude constantly, yes. and like you said, always looking for good stuff that's going on. Yeah. Because if it's genuinely said, it's genuinely felt. Therefore, the two blend together, yes. and that and that credits looking really healthy, yeah. isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think fast and meaningful conversations can usually be, uh, you know, the way to go. For, for me that's how you you master radical calendar it's like some people that talk to us they have a once a year performance review yeah and they say i have i have one particular client i was working with that they they, they get told if they've got a bonus and get their performance review on the same day so they don't know until that point in the year um how they are being observed and whether or not they're gonna but
1: i think this is where um for a lot of people they feel as like feedback or um those type of conversations needs to happen in that formal like hr led kind of um one to one um this is where sometimes it's a case of oh it's it's the monthly one to one some people some organizations it's a quarterly one to one and it shouldn't be it should be a case of if you're speaking to your team Whenever it is, there's all, surely all. If you know your people, if you mm. really know what they're working on and what they're doing well at, or maybe what they can do yeah. to improve, you should always be having these oh, yeah. conversations. There's always an opportunity to give positive um, praise or to talk to people about kind of what mm. they can do in order to in order to get better. Um, and it yeah, it, it should never be just for a specific time in in the calendar that's mm. booked in, um, it should be constant. And I think that's maybe
0: where where this comes from is we only need the the Subway sandwich if we haven't got an effective communication strategy within our team. For me, micro conversations are going on all the time, tapas is going on all the time, yeah. um, and and the credits are being built up. There's genuine, you know, reciprocity for the team. Um, and understanding you know, of people's strengths and weaknesses, um, and you know, support for for everyone as well. And I think that it, that's just human conversations. And for me personally, the way I'm wired, if I found out later on that you know there'd been, you know conversations going on about something that I'm not great at or uh, a conversation behind my back, that would have a massive impact on me. I would much rather that someone, obviously, I don't want them to come and tell me how rubbish I am in the most (laughs) horrible way possible, but I, I, I want them to feel confident that they could come and say, hey, listen, you know, when you landed that thing there, what I recognized was this, and this is the impact it had on me, what would be really helpful in the future for me is this, you know, in the moment, I will feel terrible like, and it, years gone by, I would have been quite defensive out of embarrassment. Mm-hmm. But now I can sit there and practice that pause and think, okay, I can really feel the emotional content of how this has affected someone. Um, they like the fact I'm honest, but I need to channel my timing a little bit differently. Um, and also from from years and years of high-five feedback or no feedback... That taught me to give proper feedback. Yes. So I walk around looking for the good stuff, not the bad. And yeah. um, sometimes to my detriment. But the po- the possibilities are endless if you can keep those tapas conversations going on. Mm. We've got to be ca- kind and clear. Is what I would say. Yeah. Um, not nice. That's that's probably the wrong word to use in nice any context. Is
1: just a, what does nice mean? It's just a bit, yeah. Fluffy. yeah, and and fluffy. Where, is like, does it have? Where's the impact and value? No, I think kind's much better. Yeah. And
0: and I even think with like even if you because you say a work and home life is different, but I even think kindness at home's the same. It's not about being nice, it's about, you know, how you help each other out and, yeah. and what you add to each other's lives. Yeah. So I think
1: I think You're when being it, kind, it shows that you there's there's a care element in there as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: there's compassion in there, yes. isn't there? And I
1: think that's really important.
0: So we want to stop with the beautiful lies yeah. <laughs> or, or ugly lies sometimes. <laughs> we've got to remember, I'm just going to say it. Some people, there's no space for bread. Yeah. They're just a heap of filling. And if you approach that and try and sandwich with bread that's non-existent, all you're seeing is the stuff that's really hard and, they're not going to grow from that. Yeah. And equally, I'm just going to say it on behalf of the, the, the man managers that are out there now, sometimes you're just left with filling and you've got to deal with that and that's tough. Yes. And sometimes we ignore the filling that's just left on the paper on the side yeah. <laughs> and we hope it'll Presper disappear. Onto the
1: floor. <laughs> yes, um,
0: And you know, that's the tough bit. That's yes. the really tough bit. So think of it that way. Have you ever had someone working with you that there isn't any bread? And you're searching furiously for it mm. to try and control that situation, but as a consequence, it's had the adverse effect because you've left that food going toxic in the corner. Yes, and and, and it's got mouldy. Then mould spreads. It does. Ooh, we've got all the sandwich analogies coming out <laughs> today. Um, but yeah, the, the last thing I'd like to say is praise doesn't always have to be linked to you know specifics in terms of what you've just achieved. They can it can actually be praise that leads into challenge. So mm. it can be like this is, you know, what I observed was this, and this was great, and the reason it was good was this. What about we do this? Yes. You know, how can we improve, you know? And and the praise then turns in, so it's not a sandwich, it's observation and obviously context, results, and expectations, but it's based on what we can achieve and what we can move forward. Yes. So
1: let's, let's flip yeah. it around. And I think sometimes it can just be almost um, like, just one thing what one thing could we do and that's yeah. a question that I've I like asked that. people as well so if we're exploring something actually what do you think one thing if you were to change yeah. or tweak even if you were just to tweak one thing yeah. what would that do for you and how would that make it better and again you're then kind of giving the opportunity you're passing the opportunity over to them yeah again stopping you from telling self-reflection them what to do, yeah get them really thinking actually what one thing could I do in order to make that even better than what it is right now? That's a just one little technique that I think it's, it works quite nicely.
0: I think that's great. And I think when people get like overwhelmed and that's sometimes that's why you end up giving feedback is because they're be dropping the ball missing or missing things. Yeah. And, and that's because, you know, there are people pleasers or there are people who don't want to admit that they need help. And so that what's the one thing is a great thing. The other thing is if you're saying yes to this, what are you say no to. Yes. So, you know, sometimes just pointing out some of those things within those conversations allows them that light, that enlightening moment where they go, actually, yeah, it's because I've not said that to myself that I've taken all the stuff on and actually, that's why the feedback is like it is. I'm not, mm. I'm not giving it what I need to give. So in a nutshell, quit the sandwiches, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Switch to tapas. If you're feeling really good, go a la carte. Oh, yeah. uh, pair, a bit, pair a nice vino in there. Not, <laughs> not, not coffee and criticism. We don't want no. that. Um, and, you know, think of it this way. Feedback focuses on the future. And that's what you're looking to try and improve.
1: Definitely, don't spend too much time focusing on the past, because again, that's what some people do: is they spend so much time focusing on um, what went wrong, yeah. why it went wrong, the impact it all, had. Yeah, and
0: it's
1: not productive. An, we an autopsy. We don't yeah. Have, yeah, an autopsy. <laughs> we don't have. This is where we're looking. So yeah. the sandwich was there. It's been thrown in the bin. We're, we're looking in the bin. Yeah. Uh, we don't. She's doing do
0: hand that. gestures for digging in the bin, by the yeah, way. Because <laughs> if you don't know Bernice enough yet, she's very expressive. She's is um, mind you i've been making sandwiches on the table and all sorts so <laughs> we're
1: very hungry now yeah um, but yeah definitely it needs to be future focused yeah
0: and i think you know you can learn from simple mistakes in the context but you're trying to improve things for the future yeah, so so, so think about that and and yeah the last thing is uh, you know kindness always Kindness always. Um, But thanks, Bernice. Really enjoyed that chat. We could probably do this for about an hour and a half you and I, I think. Easy, whilst doing some
1: sandwiches. (laughs) But we will
0: see you guys again shortly for another T2 Hubcast.
1: Are you a fan of our podcast? If so, make sure you're following us on all of our social media channels. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter by searching Trans2 Performance. By following us, you'll have access to exclusive content, special announcements, and more. Join the T2 community today. We are going to explore PRINT. What are you talking about, what's PRINT? PRINT is this fantastic model that we use with a lot of our clients. It's all about unconscious motivators, so it's a model based on motivations that are responsible for our thoughts, for our feelings, for our actions, because they operate at that deeper level. If you really want to take it to the next level in regards to your self-development, whether it be for you as an individual, for your team, for your organisation, then get in touch because we would love to help support. When I say it's changed my life, it really has. You guys need to get in touch with the t2 towers yeah and um, send an email follow us on social media thank you very much i'm james cooper and i'm Denise cassily